Are you a priest? Am I a priest? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm a pastor. Pa- what's the difference between a priest and a pastor? I don't know. I guess I could have said, yes, I'm a priest, but I've never called myself a priest before. <laughs> um, a pastor is someone who spreads the word of God. Yeah, that's me. God, if I was your friend like that, I just said, God, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm always being judged. I say, oh my God. <laughs> I try to make my daughter not say it, but I do, unfortunately. I wasn't even I'm raised. Good, I'll say, oh my gosh. I wasn't raised religious, but we weren't allowed to say that in my house. So maybe that was my religious component. Hey, maybe so. How did you know I was a pastor? Um, you have Instagram? I w- well, I went to your website and there was something that you have to. Um, there was something, it's called the um, No Sweat. Hold on, hold on. No Sweat Intro? The No Sweat Intro. And as I looked at that, I thought, oh, his CrossFit gym looks like more than people coming to interview you. You're interviewing them. Like you want to see if – like your gym looks like it's a, um, it's a family and yeah. people – and you want to, and you want to um, just get a good read on people before you welcome them to the dinner table. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I've told so many of my friends that uh, planting or uh, starting this gym is almost identical to planting a church. And uh, me and two of my best friends, we planted a church uh, five years ago. And so pretty much the steps and then how you care for people, it's the same thing. Like, uh, what did you say you and your friends did what five years ago? We planted a church. We started a church in wow. our area. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 31. So at 26 years old, you started a church? I did. How does someone start a church? <laughs> uh, like, what are, like, what are the first steps of starting a church? Yeah. Well, now I – and I thought, oh, that question is so, so many good things to, that it can come out of this. Yeah. So, yeah, like, let me go, let me go back a step. You're, you're 31. At 26, you started a church. What was the name of the church? Move Church. One more time. Move, M-O-V-E, Church. So something happened to you that made you really want to share the word of God, just like something happened to you with CrossFit Fit that made oh, you really man, want to share sure. the word of CrossFit. These are just like. Dude, dude you already, I, I was going to actually say that in, uh, you know, trying to figure out what the freak we're even going to talk about today. But it was the same thing. Like, if I believe something wholeheartedly, I will give my life for that. I absolutely believe that God loves me and sent Jesus to, uh, for me. And so I will give my life sharing that message and trying to get as many people to uh, be impacted the same way I was impacted. Right? Same with CrossFit. Like, I know CrossFit works. It changed my life. I even said to you, it saved my life. And as passionate as I am about seeing people know the Lord uh, spiritually, uh, physically, I want to see as many people healthy as possible. And like that is what like, it's the same thing. And and where did your path intersect um, with um, realizing um, that God loves you? Is that the is that the phrase you used? Um, where did like when did that happen? Like how do you know that? How do I know that God? Lo- um, let's see. I was probably twenty two years old. I grew up a pastor's kid, so I've been around the church my whole life. Okay. Uh, 22, man, I was doing whatever I wanted to do. Like I'd go to church, all that stuff, but I didn't know Jesus for real. And then he, like, I was dry. I was in a vehicle coming home from a trip where I had just, just was, 
I did whatever I wanted to that weekend. And I sat, I was remember sitting in a car on the way home thinking, what in the world am I doing? And, uh, and that was the first time I like ever prayed to God, like for real, like from my heart, like, Lord, like, I don't know like what I'm doing and I'm sorry that I've lived this way. But in that moment, I, I knew he loved me. I didn't feel condemned. I didn't feel like I felt convicted for sure from all the stuff. But at the same time, like in that moment, I didn't feel condemnation. I felt love and I felt like God said, Hey, look, I've loved you as much now as I've always, as I've ever loved you. It's not based on what you do. That's the big thing in the South. Like so basically get, you're driving in your car. All this is happening while you're driving in your car at the age of 22. I wasn't even driving. I was riding in the car. Okay. And, uh, and I felt it, man. I like, I started sobbing in the backseat of the car. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, I was like nothing. I just kind of had a moment with God and, uh, and dude, from that moment on, I experienced grace, uh, for real. And, uh, I'm not perfect and I never will be, but I always know that wherever I am, God's there with me and he loves me and he's going to move me forward um, towards, you know, looking like him, being like him, loving people like him. And uh, yeah, that's where all that started at 22. And and both these communities have some pretty um, intense peer pressure. I was going to say healthy peer pressure, but I won't even put that judgment on it. But I guess by that means, um, you know, if you're a bank robber and you start going to church, you're, they're going to try to talk you out of it. Just like if you come to a CrossFit gym and you show up with a Coke in your hand, they're going to be like, yep. hey, you know, cut, wean that off your, as part of your palate. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, what's the steps to, to that though, right? Like it's, it's more of the motive behind it than anything else. Like why, why are you robbing banks? Like, is there, is there a pro, like, do you need money? Is this all you've ever known, right? Uh, same with like Coca-Cola. Is that all you've ever drank? Like, so I, my nephew, they, all they drink is Mountain Dew, it's their whole family. So that's all he's ever known. You drink Mountain Dew with every meal, you know? So it's like the conversation doesn't start with, Hey, you should stop drinking that crap. It's like, let's figure out why you're drinking that stuff first. Oh, interesting. Where's home for you? What state is uh, warrior crossing? Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we're in warrior, Alabama, just uh, about 20 minutes North of Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. And the, and the, and the woe town is that stands for warrior CrossFit. Uh, Warrior, Alabama. Me and my friends, we've called Warrior uh, Wotown our whole life. Okay. Coke, uh, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew seems to be huge in the South. You know, I'm in California and I just don't see Mountain Dew. I mean, I see Coke trucks everywhere. I never see Mountain Dew. If you ever come to Alabama, I'll let you come to one of my family functions. It, like, we should be sponsored by Mountain Dew. Do you, have you ever heard of Mountain Dew Mouth? Uh, like with the messed up teeth and all that stuff. Like, yeah, where they put Mountain Dew in a baby bottle and they start feeding Mountain Dew to babies, and then by the time you know they're they're you know in their teens, the whole gum line is completely rotted away. You ever seen that? I've never seen that. I don't know oh. if I to do that. I'm trying to think what movie it was that I saw. Dude, I just watched Waco for the first time the other day, and uh, I can't handle anything where kids are being like messed with. I, I mean, I got a, a, almost a two year old. And so now those things are hitting me like hardcore, you know, you see, and you see kids like suffering like that. I couldn't handle that. Being a, um, a pastor, would do you want or Dracula movies out of your, uh, I'm just not into Dracula. I love Harry Potter, but Dracula is okay. not, not my cup of tea. I, uh, I, I'm trying to think which Dracula movie it was. I saw I'll, 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 I'll give you the name later, but I wasn't into Dracula movies either, but I didn't have kids 
And then all of a sudden I had kids. And in this Dracula movie, they're asking this guy to give up his, um, his only child. And his only way to avoid giving up his only child is to turn into Dracula. It's a real, it's a mess. <laughs> but I was sitting here in this movie that's an action movie and I'm crying because I'm thinking, oh my God, I wouldn't, what would I do? Would I turn into Dracula to save my son? Luke, you do some crazy stuff as a parent, for yeah. sure. Um, it's wild because you experience love in this way that you've never experienced before. You know, I, you hear people say that, but until it happens, you don't even know. I would imagine it's the same with multiple kids. And and something happens biologically too, right? So like, I'm going to give you a real superficial example. I used to love when I would get new camera equipment in the mail, like a box would show up and it would, I know a new camera would be in it. And I would like, I wouldn't do anything except just focus on that and oh, come home, open the box, look at it. Now a package, a new camera could come and it could sit on the table for a week because all I really want to do is spend time with my kids. Yeah. That's it. And I'm, like a, every, I'm a huge fan of your, kid, your kid's Instagram page. I just got introduced to it like last week. So the fact that this is like even happening right now is really wild. But, dude, I love it. I already told Aaron, my wife, I was like, we, uh, we need to turn our uh, garage into a gymnastics gym of just fun with all these different things. And I don't like down here, everybody, the pressure is your kid plays baseball, basketball, or football. It's probably anywhere, right? But I'm like, man, I don't want – and my daughter to just have to go down that route, that route. Like Aaron, my wife, she played college softball, but like, and her family, that's the, they're big in softball. But like, man, it would be awesome if our daughter did something different. And then watching your Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. <laughs> Let them just do everything, try everything. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't play any sports growing up. I was the uh, the chubby kid in PE class who got picked. At, all the guys would get picked, and then some girls would start getting picked, and then I would get picked. And, um, but I, and so I don't really know anything about baseball, football or basketball or soccer, but I've been trying to fake it in like one day a week, you know, just do each of those and yeah, yeah. Not for any reason. I don't have any interest in them doing those things, but I just want them to feel more comfortable than I did Right. So they're at a friend's house and everyone's hitting baseballs around. They can do it, but they, they don't end up being like me and just drinking a Coke. Yeah. And they just end up, their friend makes fun of them. And the next thing you know, they got them in an arm bar. Right, don't have that skill, and that is the one thing my kids do. Seriously, they do do jujitsu three. Oh yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, three times a week. I told my friend just recently. uh, It was this past week. I watched the video where the two kids were fighting each other, and then Uh I read some of the comments, and they're like, "Hey, what's the fine line between like moving in and letting them like self soothe?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is there's some like life lessons to be learned here." Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I got a brother. Did and is he older or younger? Uh, he's sixteen months younger than me. He's like my best friend. Wow, that's close. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you guys wrestle a lot? Uh, I was very timid. He was more like I just couldn't hit him. I I hit him one time in my life, and I as soon as I hit him, I immediately apologized to him. I was like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. But he beat the crap out of me. <laughs> so you had the pastor genes from the beginning. I don't know. It was something. Maybe I'm. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I. I could now. I'm. I'm just timid. Like I've never been in a fight. Um, but as I got some friends that do jujitsu, and I'm just like, I don't have like, I am way too timid of a person to try to even the thought of even someone just making my lip bleed on accident. Like that's not my deal, you know. I I saw a bumper sticker. It said the um, jujitsu, jujitsu, the art of folding people's clothes while they're wearing them. <laughs> Mike, wow. 
Yeah, and I'm not mobile at all, so I would break in half. My brother put me in a WWE move when we were kids, and my back popped, and I just lost my breath. I thought he broke my spine, but I'm running to my parents going, Mom, I think my spine's broken. Obviously, my spine was not broken because I was running. But, dude, I, he still jokes on me about that. So you're um, you're 22 years old. You have this encounter with um, uh, God, spiritual enlightenment. God, yes, with God. And at 26, you and four of your buddies are like, "Hey, we're going to start a church." Yes. And at this time, you are are you 70 pounds overweight at this point? No. Uh, so no. all of that started two years before. Okay, two years. Yeah. Be, uh, before so so you were. Before I was a student that. pastor at a church before okay. that. I've been, okay. I was, I've been, I was a student pastor for 10 years. So from okay. age, like, so from that moment with God, like forward, that's what happened. Um, but yeah, two years before that. So that was almost seven years ago now. What are you, 2020? So 2013, that's when I had, uh, I was like, that's where I found CrossFit at. You know, I found God in the back of, uh, of, of an Impala. And then I found CrossFit, you know. Uh, 2013 in Gardendale, Alabama. I'm, I'm a little lost here, so give me give me a second. So, so you're you're tw- at 22. Were you overweight? Yes. Okay. When did that happen? When did you start getting overweight? Were you overweight as a kid? Oh yeah. Uh, I've probably middle school. You know, all my friends were losing their baby fat, and I wasn't. Um, just because, you know, we didn't know what to eat. We just pizza. All what kids ate, right? And then I had no. We didn't really know like how to exercise. I played golf in high school, you know, pretty competitive with golf, but as far as physical fit stuff, I didn't care about any of that stuff. And then at that point in time, he was like, Hey, you know, I just had the right friends. And so we were hanging out with the crew. So it, it, it didn't matter what I looked like. I was because I was around people all the time. And then as you get older, you know, I guess you start noticing more of those things or something And at 20. Uh, so 24 is when, when my physical fit stuff started happening. Uh, I found CrossFit, but yeah, I was just depressed. So from, so 22, 24 pastoring, dude, I was so, I was depressed, but I didn't really talk to many people about it. Everybody thinks that, you know, pastors have all their, their, their crap together all the time. We really I don't. I still think that even though yeah, you're telling me that they don't, I, I don't believe you. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely don't. Like every day I'm like, like every day I have to like humble myself and be like, God, I, I need you today because I'm one, one decision from stupid. We just one, like, I couldn't be really stupid on this podcast right now and it'd be, you know, whatever. Um, so, so that happened at 22. So depressed. I would go, I would come home from work every day. Like we would have like small groups. We did like, I was pastoring kids and all this stuff. I'd come home and I was just like exhausted. I, I didn't want to go to sporting events. I didn't want to go lead in any capacity because I had no energy. You know, then mentally I start looking at myself in the mirror, you know, I'm like, what's going on? you know, tried to date a few girls, but they were way out of my league. And they're like, Hey, look, I just like you as a friend. I and mean, that happened like four back that boom, boom, boom. I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know? And I was like, well, I, I need to do something. It wasn't purely, it was not lady or girl driven at all, but it was just all these factors just mentally like wore me down. And I was like, what in the world am I going to do? I had a friend who did CrossFit and he lost like, I want to say close to a hundred pounds doing CrossFit and he posted a picture on Facebook. I watched this whole story on Facebook. I was like, there's no way I can do this. There's no way. A friend who lost a hundred pounds doing CrossFit. I want to say it's close. I don't know the exact number. 
But God doesn't look anything like the same person when he started. You don't know. I said he was as big as I was, and then he was like fit. I'm like, what in the world is going? Like, what is same age as you? Yeah, he was a year younger than me. Okay, and that's why I tell people all the time, like the power of like sharing your story on that stuff, how inspiring it could be. Like, we weren't even like I say we were friends. We knew of each other. We were Facebook friends. But I saw him post that, and it, I was like, okay, let's let's see if I can do this. You know, I I'd, only person, only thing I knew about CrossFit at the time was Rich Froning. That was it. That I, a lot of people probably the same way. Yep. Um, I was like, let's see if I could do this. I went to uh, my local affiliate at the time in our in our hometown, uh, CrossFit Gardendale is the name of it, um, and they had an on ramp program, and I was like, okay, they're like, you you let me stop you here for a second. I want to go back to the girl thing. Sorry, I'm just mixing it on it. Hey. I love this. Like I ever wanted to do what this I've watched like the the old ones you used to do. And they're like pretty much similar. Like you just everywhere. I was afraid you're about to bash me with Dan Bailey when you found out that I was a Christian. Um, ever since I was five years old, my kindergarten, Mrs. Allen, I knew that I wanted, my whole life was dedicated to, um, um, having women find me attractive and like me. And so I'm 48 now somewhere. It's, 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 it's waned substantially, you know, like uh, once I had kids and now I've really settled in with my wife, I don't understand how, like, I mean, weren't you just like from the eighth grade to to 24 being like, Hey, I'm overweight and I'm never, no girl's ever going to want to put her hands on me because I'm overweight and I got to do something about this. I mean, wasn't that just weighing on you or no, you weren't in that. Because I outkicked my coverage like three times in a row. I had like three serious, like high school relationships. I don't know how other than, I, I don't know. I got really lucky. And so I had out of my league, uh, girlfriends and then that didn't happen anymore so but, you were like oh i can just lean on my personality yeah exactly oh, that's awesome that's good. social media came out and they're like no it's not about personality anymore like before i hey if you just get to know me so i guess the dating how it happened changed is ever is, is your brother overweight uh, he was uh, he's on the he's, he's on a journey uh he, he's a member of our, of our gym Oh, sweet. Oh, you must be so happy about that. Oh, yeah. I love it. And how about your parents? How are they? How's their fitness? Um, so I personal trained my mom. She had a really bad car wreck. Uh, so her knee is shattered. So we do some personal training with her, even teaching them like nutrition stuff. That, that just started in January, like them learning like macronutrients and stuff like that. So trying to walk them down the path, you know? And so, and my dad, he's a member at our gym as well. He comes to our noon class. So it's fun, like coaching him on how to do like a power clean and seeing him get really frustrated when, uh, he can't like snatch something. It's fun. But how did you get your parents, how did you get your parents to do that? Don't they think you're crazy? Weren't they like, no, "No, we're not going to do it. Super supportive parents, super blessed. Uh, my parents are awesome. And so they've supported me in every, facet of my life and so i lived at home when all of this started even crossfit so they watched it happen and and uh you know when we opened up our gym they're like hey before then they're like hey that's your thing you do it but now they're like hey we've supported you in everything else that you've done i'm we're going to support you in this too and now they're you know members of our gym 
my mom has cried to me out of the blue, and, and which is really uncharacteristic for my mom. She's 76, and she started CrossFit at 69, I want to say. And I'd say three times in, that, in those years, the only three times I've ever seen her cry, is she'll like put her hands out, her cold hands, and I love her cold hands. When I was a little boy, I loved her hands on me. She put her hands on my neck, and she'll, she would cry, look me in the eyes and cry, and be like, thank you so much for introducing me to CrossFit. <laughs> it's crazy. So that would yeah. be great when I get there. My, I'm nowhere near that. Like, oh. <laughs> nowhere near. But my dad did do the Open this past year um, just because our gym was doing it. So I, I literally – I don't remember what workout it was. Maybe it's was 19-2. I don't remember. But I thought – or 22. And I, I thought I was watching my dad die in front of my eyes as I was coaching him. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, I'm going to kill him. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought was happening. I was like, I'm watching – my dad get the life sucked out of him right here. But yeah, it's really, it's an interesting dynamic. And my wife's parents, I think they're really close to joining the gym also. So it's just getting over the fact of, do I want to listen to someone younger than me? Like, you know, humble myself to the point to be coached by someone, <clears throat> but that I wiped when I was a kid, you know? I get that. Um, for my mom, the first year was super stressful. She said she had to take the classes first thing in the morning and get them out of the way or else the whole day she said she was tripping. Yeah. Uh Oh, I just got this thing that said my internet connection is unstable. Did you hear any of that? I did. I heard all of it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, you're good. By the way, congratulations. Getting um, parents, your wife's parents and your parents, huge, huge. Okay, so how do you find Gardenville CrossFit and what, gives you, what gives you the balls to actually walk in? Uh, I knew something in my life had to change. That was it. Like, I joined several gyms over like a span of six years, you know. Um, but I'd go in, try to work out then I would get mental because like, there's no way I'm, what I'm doing is working. So now I'm just wasting my time. I'm out of here. Then I didn't have any accountability or nothing. So I was like, you know, forget this. Um, so it was really like a last ditch effort. I was like, if this doesn't work, then nothing is going to work for me. And uh, so I just went to the door. I remember walking in the middle of a class and I was like, Hey, I want to sign up for your uh, beginner's class. And like, I, I I was wearing like skinny jeans. I, I was a fat guy in skinny jeans and like an outdated shirt. And he was like, yeah, but you know, you got to wear like athletic clothes to, to work out tomorrow. Right. I was like, yes, I know that I, I'm not stupid, <laughs> but that, that's, it was just, Hey, you, you get a month, you get a month free. That's kind of how it went. I was like, okay, worst thing I'm out 150 bucks, you know? And so, uh, so I went and, uh, talked to them. And then that next night started our on the on their on-ramp program. And dude, that it was the simplest workout ever looking back at it. Now it was four rounds of 10 push ups, 10 air squats, 10 sit-ups. That's it. I was like, Oh man, that's Say no it one more time. time. I want to write it down. Say it one ten, more time. 10, four rounds, 10 push ups, 10 air squats, 10 sit-ups. Okay. Okay. That's it. Like, so we learned all of our movements uh, for the night with the PVC pipe. Then I get to the workout. I'm like, oh, that's nothing. I'll be fine. You know, I'll, I'll make it. Round three, I seriously thought I was going to die. And at the end of round four, 
I was like, there's no way I can do this. And so then after we get done with the workout, it probably took me like 16 minutes to do that or something like that. And we're sitting like, we're sitting down in the front and they were kind of debriefing for the night. And they're like, Hey, well, do you have any questions? And I thought I was going to vomit. And so I like, right. I was like, yeah, where do you throw up at? And they're like, well, you just need to go outside. And so like I run outside and I start dry heaving and I luckily I didn't throw up, but I just got so embarrassed too. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I'm the only one I'm in this room with other guys, my age. And then like three moms and they were kicked to my butt. I'm like, there's no way. So I'm sitting on the curb and this is, this is why I stayed like this. This is the thing. Um, I was sitting on the curb. And I was like, well, I just wasted $150. I'm not coming back tomorrow night. And my coach, his name's, uh, he was the owner of the gym. His name's Chad Langston. Um, he came outside and he gave me a bottle of water. He's like, Hey man, you did good. I'll see you tomorrow. That's it. That'll be two fifty. Yeah. No, he didn't charge you for the water. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) The one time he didn't charge me for a water, but, um, but like just that brief, it was no like master Yoda speech or anything like that. That was it. That's all I needed. Cause up until that, that moment, like mentally I quit. I was like, I'm not coming back. But that one little conversation changed everything for me. Cause he said, Hey, look, you did good. I'll see you tomorrow, which meant he, no one else had ever done that. Cause I went through that gamut so many times at other gyms. I'm never coming back. I don't even know what I'm doing. Uh, but he came out and kind of walked me through that process. And from that day forward, it's, I've never, it's never been a thought. Am I going to quit CrossFit? No matter how like sucky of a workout we do or how difficult something is or how crazy my schedule gets, it's not been the case. And so that was in August and by May of the next year, I had already lost 70 pounds. So it was, I was average, I was losing like 10 pounds a month and I'm the type of guy that like, if I see something working, I'm just going to keep doing that. That's why I love Legos as a kid. Like you tell me what the end product's going to be. I'll do that. And so I was like, you tell me what to do. I'll do it every day. I'd come. I was working out four to six times a week, just boom, boom, boom. I'm learning everything. Finally got double owners, all that stuff. And it was just like, by the end of the time, uh, by yeah, May, I'd lost 70 pounds. Now I didn't know much about nutrition at the time, but who cares that we can build off that stuff. But it, that was seven you lost 70 pounds without knowing anything about nutrition. Yeah. I, I my nutrition was, okay, I'm not going to eat bread. I'm not going to eat fried foods and I'm only going to drink water. <clears throat> okay. That's huge though. Cutting out bread's huge. That was, that was it. I, I was afraid. Have you ever seen the movie heavyweights? Uh, no, but before you go there, how did you know to cut out bread, fried food and just what drink water? Uh, part of it was just like, I know these are probably bad things for me. Okay. Um, they walked me through a pro like they said hey here's some things we recommend eating maybe you should cut out some of these things but it was never like some like deep you know nutrition program like like things that are available now you know okay Um, so yeah that was it and i was just afraid that if i ate a piece of bread that i would i would go into a food coma wake up like five days later all my weight would be back on so that's that is what would happen yeah it, it probably would have that was that was my fear. That's why. I, so for a year, that is exactly what made my decisions for what I ate every day. So what? What about the movie Heavyweights? That was it. That there's oh. this moment in the movie. If you don't, if you didn't see it, I don't even want to go down that path because it wouldn't even be funny. So maybe someone's listening seen it. Uh, is it a comedy? Who's in it? Yeah, it's an old Disney movie. Like they go to a fat camp. These kids do, and they're like hide, like hiding food. And at the end, it's got uh, uh, Ben Stiller in it. 
and uh, he's trying to get all these kids to lose weight. And so he's like making them like cutting out meals and all this. And they finally overthrow him and putting him in like this like, guarded gate stuff. And, and he, uh, they, they had this big party and they're eating like all this food and they wake up the next day and they're just like covered in like Twinkies and all this stuff. And they're like, did y'all learn anything? And they're like, don't put Twinkies on your pizza. That was like the biggest thing. And that's what I felt like I was, if I ate a piece of bread, that was the next step. It was me as, waking up the next day. As a pastor, are you only allowed to watch Disney movies? Is that one of the things they tell you? In, uh, <laughs> no, man, I'm from the South. And like, no, 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 no. Have you seen Porky's? I have not seen Porky's. Do you even know of that movie? You're probably too young. Por- yeah, I know what Porky's is. I definitely do. No, man. Look, as a kid, that was my introduction to the South. Like when I think of the South, I think of Porky's. I don't even know where that movie took place, but that's just like, as a California boy, I thought, okay, you know, we had to sneak to watch it. But when I would see it, I was like, okay, that's the South. No, man, I wasn't allowed. So I wasn't allowed to like read Harry Potter back in the day. Um, yeah. But I remember my dad, he sat down with me. He's like, hey, look, if you just, if you understand, you can tell me that you know that this stuff isn't real. I'll let you read it. And that, <laughs> so, I mean, there was those things, but now I, we, my parents were cool. We, they let us watch stuff and listen to music and all that stuff. Why did they call you trace? What's that? Where's I'm that? Third. Uh, Sydney Charles Kennedy, the third. So that's the, so, so it, uh, that's the Southern way. Oh, trace, right. Trace. Gotcha. Yeah. So what's your real, what's your name? Sydney Charles Kennedy, the third. And does anyone call you Sydney? No. Uh, people who don't know me, like, so people maybe at the bank, teachers in high school and college the first day. That was, Is that Sydney was. a girl's name? I know there's the famous, famous actor, Sydney Portier, and he, he that's a dude. But, Sydney's uh, definitely a girl's name, man. That's, it is. That would, I caught so much, like, heck from people, and, like, I dreaded the first day of school because I knew my teacher was going to call me Sydney. And there was always going to be that one dude in class be like, oh, that's a girl's name. And I turned blood red and be embarrassed for like <laughs> 20 minutes. It happened every year. I was like, please just go by last names. Just call last names. Just call last names. No, all Sydney. the Sydneys I ever knew were hot. They were all hot. Even this one? No, not this one. Well, maybe now you are. Now you are. Now that you've been CrossFitting. But back then, maybe you weren't so hot. That's hilarious. So you go, so you go into the gym, and you have that first day. And are you just crazy sore the next day? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I was. It was really the second uh, when I got into reg- like the actual workouts. Like once they took us out of on ramp, um, that's when I really got sore for the first time. And you're. And you're 24 years old and 70 pounds overweight and you're just getting into it. And it's kind of like quitting smoking. It's like, you know, people who quit smoking, you can try 20 times before you finally get it. Yep. And it was you'd it. gone to several gyms and you had tried a bunch of times to find your place, your start your weight loss journey. You just couldn't find it. Yeah, I couldn't. I needed, I needed someone to tell me what to do and I needed accountability. Those were yeah. the two pieces that I needed. And you got that accountability and that peer pressure and that love and that support by the simple gesture of the affiliate owner. What was his name? Something Langston? Chad Langston. Chad Langston came out and handed you a bottle of water. That's it, man. That is it. Uh, I am forever indebted to him. Like, the smile uh, that I, changed the world. I, I, lo- I, love, I love him. I love him to death. And, he, I, he, cause I, and I, I tell him, I told him that. Like, he, like, 
I'm not who I am today. Like my family will not be who they are today. Like none of that hap- doesn't probably doesn't happen. It may, who knows, but he's definitely, I will always point to him. So I'll always like, he'll be a pillar in my story forever, you know? So, and I don't know if he meant like, he probably, when he had, he probably just, his ambitions were, Hey, I'm going to open up a gym and let's see what happens. But like, that's part of the, I think part of the reason you like, why we even open our affiliate, we want to help as many people as possible. And I'm not saying I want to be a pillar in somebody's life, but I want to help make that connection. Like that. You know, it's a place of positive transformation and, and you've already dedicated your life to do that through the church. And this is like just another piece. Oh, for sure. For sure. It, for anyone who doesn't do CrossFit, just so you know, this is, this is why it's so popular because it works. And this isn't some um, isolated story that Trace is telling. I have my story. My mom has her story. Everyone has their story. Every single person, from Rich Froning to Dave Castro to Nicole Carroll to, I mean, every, to Trace Kennedy, every, every person has their story like this. This isn't, um, this isn't just a workout, get fit. This is, this is where you bro out and meet your wife and, and be with like-minded people who want, who want a better world. Yep. That's it, man. That is absolutely it. And it's, everybody has a why and that's what we try to help people find here. Why are you doing this? It's way more than I want to lose 30 pounds. It was, I mean, for me, it was, I wanted to, uh, you know, I need mentally something needed to change for me. At the end of the day, that's why I did this. And other people finding those whys. And then you surround yourself with people who are like, hey, my why may be different, but we know that this is the thing that's going to help us accomplish the why. And that's, you don't find that a lot of places. You really don't. You know, you, some, churches, you, some churches, you don't even find that stuff, for sure. Well, yeah. the, tell me about that. What do you mean your why? Go into that. I was going to wait to ask you that, but tell me, what do you mean? I don't even know what that means. My why for... Work, why do I work out? Yeah, or any kind of why. Like, what are you referencing when you say we find out your why? What motivates you to make the decision? What, like, what, why is, why are you going to walk in the doors of this place? Why are you going to spend an hour of your day somewhere? Like, there has to be a reason. I mean, there has to be, right? Um, so, mine now is I want to model health and wellness for my daughter, number one. Ah, okay. So, so sorry. So you had your daughter already? No, you didn't have your daughter when you. No, no, now, no, no. My wife told me. Okay. Now, for okay. Sure. So it's changed. Your why can change. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if that, and that's one of the great things about CrossFit too. Like the why will always change. Like, so I wanted to lose a bunch of weight. So what happens when I lose a bunch of weight? Well, like, why would I come back? Why does it matter? Well, now I want to learn how to spin a jump rope under my feet two times or I want to like, I would like to, you know, learn how to do a bar muscle up. And then it switches to, Oh wow. What's this nutrition stuff that you guys were talking about? I would love to maybe have abs one day, you know, and then it switched like off of those things that, Oh wow, this, this is having an impact on other people now. So I want, if I want to keep leading people and I want other people, like if, if two people decide, Oh man, maybe I can do this CrossFit thing and, prioritize my health and wellness okay and that's what my why now those my two things my my daughter prioritizing health and wellness for her knowing it's a priority and then the second thing is that i i don't want to ask other people to do things that i'm not going to do so if i'm going to if i'm going to tell people on a weekly basis and no sweat intros hey i like 
this works. If you work out three to five times a week, you will see your like so many different things in your health life. Why do you do no sweat intros? Yours wasn't a no sweat intro. Yeah, I think I don't. And man, by that, people, I mean people come into people who are listening, and I know this because I looked at his website. But it's just what he says. If you come to a Motown CrossFit and you meet Trace or Aaron Kennedy. They talk to you for 15 minutes and that's your first session. It's not get in there and do the four no, rounds. of. We're going to talk about why. Like, I want to know why you're here. Like, and if you say it's so you can lose 30 pounds. Okay. But why do you, why do you want to lose 30 pounds? Like what, what, what else? Let, let, let's find something else. Oh, you have kids and you, you're playing outside with your kids, but you can't really play outside with your kids because you're out of breath all the time or, when you tired go, of having sex with the lights off. Yeah, that too. Uh, or if you want to go, like you go to the beach and you're, you dread going to the beach because yep. they're going to look at you like, okay. I, I need four beers to take my shirt off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, a lot of people, there, there's, some, <laughs> there's some people who are those, those ways. I couldn't tell you how many no sweat intros we've had where people like grown men are like break down in tears and admitting for the first time, I'm insecure about my body. I've been insecure about my body since – I was 13 years old, you know? Amen. And so, so finding that something you can build off of, because guess when, when your life continues to happen or things fight for your time on your schedule, if the why is not strong, then we know, well, look, I'll exercise some other time or I'll figure something else out to do. I'm trying to marry those two things together, CrossFit and people's like their whys. Have you heard any? Have you, have you ever tried to change someone's why? Like someone says something and you're like, nah, nah, that's not your why. This is your why. Or like no, they're I not thinking deep enough or. Yeah, I wouldn't change it. I would just try to keep asking questions until they kind of, and some people don't know. And so helping them discover those things, that's, that's huge too. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. I, th- that's really why I'm here. So if we can connect those things, then we're seeing, you know, we've seen so many stories already of people who, I mean, I could just roll, rattle off lists, but I don't really want to rattle Your off. gym, on your website, you say that you guys have lost your combined weight loss of your members. How long have you been open? You've been open eight months? Uh, October was our, when we opened, the first week in October. Oh, that's interesting. And your first time going into a CrossFit gym was in October also? August. August. Oh, so They're August close. to October, you lost 70 pounds? No, no. I started in August and in May I'd lost 70 pounds. Okay. That's right. Okay. I'm getting my dates confused. God, there's competing questions in my brain now. Hold on one second. I want to talk about the 800 pound weight loss in your gym, but first I want to go back to your, your journey. So you go in in August and how much do you weigh? I don't, honestly, I don't know the exact number because I was afraid to get on a scale. Okay. Then how do you know in May you'd lost 70 pounds? I do know that when I got on the scale in, uh, three weeks later mm-hmm. that I weighed, uh, 260. Oh my goodness. Okay. You were big man. How tall are you? I'm five eleven. Woo. I was a big boy. Yeah. So you, so you weigh under 200 pounds now. I weigh 185 now. Yeah. You look, you look lean and mean. Like, like I can see your ears. You don't have any head fat or nothing. You got one chin. And you got the hipster mustache. I, I seriously, when I saw you on the the first time I met you, I, and I saw your look, I would have never thought you had a seventy pound weight loss story. You look like the guy who was like, 
you kind of have that image with those glasses and the and the religious background that like you ate, you were six two, hundred and five 105 pounds and you yeah, did CrossFit yeah. to put on weight. I had you no, 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 no. And this is just from quarantine. <laughs> like this all, like my wife wouldn't let me bleach my hair blonde. So I, I did a mustache instead. Do you rap? No, no. So I would just be cool to have a rapping pastor. <laughs> I'm, they're out there. I'm sure. My hair's so, too short. If I would have bleached my hair, I would have got so many Eminem jokes. And so that was another reason I didn't do it. And that's exactly why I said D-Rap. Um, how, so, so you go in in August. And in August, uh, let's say August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. In less than a year, 10 months, let's say, you lose at least 70 pounds, maybe more. Probably and, not. And you do that through um, working out four to six days a week um, with Chad Langston at Gardenville CrossFit. And you, um, the only dietary changes you make are basically you, you change anything you drink to water. You cut out fried foods and bread. Brits. Yep. And the weight's just dropping. It is. So I was averaging 10 pounds a month, I want to say. I was trying to lose two pounds a week. That's what I was trying, you know. And who's the first person who said something to you? Like, hey, what, what, yo, what's going on? You sick or what? Uh, I, or did I people know, were you just nonstop CrossFit blah, blah, Oh, yeah. Blah. Shoot, oh. yeah. Dude, I was, I'm a millennial, man. I was on Instagram <laughs> posting all the time, dude. The first time I had a, the inkling of a blister, it was on, uh, it was on my Instagram page. But uh, I don't really know. I, I think uh, one of the other owners at the gym – she was the first one who said, oh, my gosh, you've lost a lot of weight. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she pulled up the picture of our on-ramp class. And I was like, holy crap, I have lost. I, I knew I'd seen it on the scale, but that was the first time. And that was probably month three that I was in there that uh, she said something. And then other people just kind of slowly started saying things as well. And when I start buying other clothes, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I definitely noticed a difference now. And did you know Aaron during this time? Oh yeah, we were uh, we went to high school together. We were uh, we hung out in some of the same circles in high school, but she was super popular. Uh, she was a cheerleader. She uh, played softball, all that stuff. I was the mascot in high school. Uh, I was like a punk rock kid, but our, so I wasn't really with around her much. But she she was the cheerleader who dated like hard like punk rock kids and stuff like that and so i knew of her i had a huge crush on her almost messaged her on myspace and asked her to go to prom with me but i didn't thank god she's um, the same she's the same age as you a year younger mm -hmm. than me okay but then in, in college our worlds kind of combined because she, she got uh, saved in college and so we started going to some of the same like church functions gatherings small groups stuff like that and that's where we started hanging out more and you uh, must have been stoked. You're at a church function and your high school crush shows up. You're like, oh, there is a God. No wonder you have, no wonder you believe in God. Dude, it's easy, man. It's like, hey, that's just one more sign. Like, okay, yeah, this is happening for sure. But I tried to uh, date her. I, I, I tried to, well, not date. I tried to, oh, I asked her on a date. We went on a date. And this is before I, this is when I was like big. I was a big old boy. I think she probably said yes out of sympathy because we were friends and hung out or whatever. And then after the date, I was like, hey, uh, I enjoyed that. You want to go out again sometime? And she responded, I just like you as a friend. 
<laughs> so, so I was like riding on high. I was like, oh my gosh, I finally went on a date with a girl I've been trying to go on a date with for a year. And then she just liked me as a friend. I was like, oh crap, this is terrible. And that was, so that happened. And then like it happened a few more times. And so that, that was like a year, almost a year before I started CrossFit too. Then I started CrossFit, lost a bunch of weight. But before that, like she said, she liked me as a friend. I kind of got ahead of myself. Um, so I thought that just meant, Hey, don't talk to me anymore. Like get out of here. That's my nice way of saying thanks, but no thanks. So I just right. stopped talking to her. And then a month, uh, a month later, she texts me and says, I really miss talking to you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she really does want to be my friend. This stinks. <laughs> and so we stay friends and hang out and like, you know, communicate with each other. And then I start, you know, the CrossFit thing. And uh, did you think when you started CrossFit, hey, maybe I'm doing like, hey, like, was she any of your like motivation? Like no. days you didn't want to go, you'd be like, hey, I'm going to do this because I really want to catch her attention. No, not her. Uh, there was another girl that I, <laughs> I've never even shared this. And I don't even know who's going to watch this. I know my like, or listen to this. I know some of my friends will for sure. But, um, like. There was this one girl, I, I was just like a whim. We started talking a little bit and then she just like, no more. And she was my real motivation. Like when I didn't want to go, like it wasn't, I was attracted to her anymore. I didn't have any feelings for her. I was just like, no, this is not happening again. And so I'd be running or doing some exercise or one of the workouts and I'd be like, nope. I'm, she was definitely my motivation some um, for sure. But I had no, like Aaron was never anything like that. It was just like, we were just friends. You had kind of admitted defeat. There was no way. She had, she had transcended you. She right. was in the clouds. Deep down, I was like, goodness, I would <laughs> seriously love to go on a date with her and marry her. That was, that was like, I, I felt it. Like, wow. Was, when you know, you know, right? Um, she just yeah. didn't. So I had to go through 11 months of hell doing CrossFit for her to realize that she liked me too. Um, what but, a great gift to your gym to go through that transformation and let everyone witness that. You know that? It's like hope for everybody. She, no, she didn't do CrossFit at the time. I don't mean even her, though. I don't even mean her. I just mean all the people at Gardenville CrossFit to get to sit there and see you come in four to six days a week and be basically, I mean, you were a beaten, scared puppy on its last hope for, for losing weight. And um, something clicked there. And oh yeah! everyone there, like as they were giving you a gift, you took such um, responsibility, whether you know it or not, and actually gave everyone there a greater gift than they gave you. It really is that way. I know it's that way for the gyms my mom goes to. They see a 76-year-old woman working out and kicking ass, and they're like, what the heck? They can't even believe it. Yeah, I normally would have said the F word, but with you, you I'm just trying to like, it doesn't, That doesn't bother me at all. I'm really, just trying, trying to do my part. You're it was so funny. I was like, I wonder if he ever does say heck. That's funny that he said it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I tried. Uh, so I, I was a member of CrossFit Gardendale for six years. And there was like one other than inviting people to the church that I was a part of. The only other place I would invite strangers to or tell strangers to go to was the gym. I tried to get as many people as possible to, uh, to come and work out. And I was bummed when some of my friends came and like, no, this isn't for me. I'm like, what do you mean this isn't for you? Are you freaking kidding me? You know? Um, so yeah, that, that they definitely hold a special place in my heart. What sure. percentage of your gym members go to church? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, maybe seventy-five percent. And of and of those, what percentage go to your church? Ooh, uh, of that percentage, thirty percent, maybe. It's it's interesting because you know I don't go to church. Um, I don't have any like, I guess, set faith, but regardless of what denomination or what church my friends go to, I really like church going people. They're just good people. Like, oh, yeah, man. it's like a good, it's like a good tool to like vet your friends. <laughs> they have, they have a compass, you know, yeah, I tried to toe a fine line there too, because I didn't want to like, I know I have some sort of authority like in the church that we're a part of. So I really did try to like toe that line very carefully to not be like, Hey, you guys should come to my gym, you know, and now oh, right. do this stuff, you know. So I well, so I'm gonna say some bad shit to God about you. Yeah, I just I didn't want to kind of use that, but some people were there. They 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 saw the life change it had for me. They saw the transformation. Um, so I'm like pastoring their students, and then we plant this church, and so I'm on stage, and they see this chunky kid like slowly, you know, transform, and like, hey, what did you do, like? And it wasn't just a fad or a phase, you know, it's like, we're like five years in, six years in, seven years in. Okay. Now you have my attention. Like, what are you doing to see this kind of like health change? And I'm like, it's CrossFit. There's no greater, um, you know, this is a bad word in, in the CrossFit world, but there is no better marketing plan than to be a priest and to lose a hundred pounds. I mean, I expect your gym to have 10,000 people. I mean, because they know you have the recipe. Yeah. They know you got the recipe. You did it. You, hey, here's my casserole. Look, no one can be like, well, he doesn't know. No, actually, do you have a picture of your, of your fat self up in your gym? No, I don't. Oh, there you go. Free marketing right there. I just gave you a great idea. You take that to the bank. Dude, I, there's not many of those pictures left. I try to find them every now and then. but So... You're at Crossfield Gardenville for um, for six years. My two questions are: What finally clicked? Does, does Aaron? My questions are going to be: How did they feel about um, you breaking away from the gym? And my other question is: Is I want to know how you finally got Aaron on the line? And did she actually see you lose? Like, would you see her once a week during this eleven month initial yeah, seventy pounds? That's the cool thing. And so we were friends, and we stayed friends. And she saw me lose the weight. And I tried to date some other girls, but I always had feelings for her. So I was like, okay, at some point in time, I, I, we set, we, we had a conversation. We hung out one night. I said, this is skinny version of you or still a giant? No, skinny okay. me. I was like, okay. Hey, if I, if you just like me as a friend, then we can't be friends anymore because I want to get married. I have that desire to get married at some point in time, but it's not going to happen because I, I have feelings for you. And that night she told me, she's like, uh, I like you as more than a friend and that's all I needed. So I was all in from that moment forward. You know, we got married nine months later. I want to say from that. Wow. Yeah. We, we, we'd been friends. We knew so much right. about each other. Right. 10 that, years. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was, and it was like, it, that was the coolest moment ever. You know, that sometimes I get I, not sad. I, I cry telling that story, but I'm not going to, but I love like, yeah, when she said that, it was all like, yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. And uh, it was just, and I joked with her because once we got more comfortable in our relationship, they're like, hey, look, I'm not going to say it's because I'm skinny now that you have feelings for me, but I know I already had the personality of a fat guy 
and then I lost weight. So I know that I'm a home run. So you just be lucky that you got me. And she gives me crap about that every now and then for sure. But, um, to, to my, I, I knew my wife for five. I pursued my wife for five years, just so you know, before anything really? happened. And it was the greatest thing ever. It's like to be it's friends it. with someone. Yes. To be friends with someone for five years. And yeah. then finally it happened. It was like, it's what carried, it's what's carried us the next 18 oh, years. Man. Like that's yeah. like, there, she still as how I felt about her then I still feel like, I don't say I feel the same about her. I feel like I've learned love her in new ways now, but that like, it's, it was a, it was effort and that's what I needed. All my previous relationships, they were like, whatever. I didn't have to try. I had to try. I had to put in work to even get like her attention. And so that was, it was worth it for sure. And so we were, we got engaged and she was still just doing her own thing fitness wise. And then uh, after we got engaged, I went to her house one day and I had one of those little uh, Kalo rings and I got down on my knee and said, will you do CrossFit with me? <laughs> and uh, yeah. And she started laughing and uh, she's like, yeah, I'll start doing CrossFit with you. And this was after we were engaged. And so she started uh, at that point in time, like that next on-ramp uh, she started doing CrossFit and it took her, five months and then she started at Gardendale. Yeah. Gardendale. And she started kicking my butt in workouts immediately because she was athletic and she played, you know, college softball. She, she had it. She instantly became like the fittest girl in the gym, all this stuff. And, and I was like, yep, that's my wife. I'm going to just hitch my wagon to her now. Like forget my weight loss journey. My wife's kicking everybody's butt in here. So as superficial as it sounds, you really have to like look at the big picture. It, It, it's it's more yes she she found you more attractive seventy pounds less were you ever di- well let me go back saying were you ever diagnosed with anything when you were overweight hypertension t- diabetes anything like yeah. that yeah no. it runs in our family for sure uh, my grandmother and grandfather both had diabetes heart disease runs in my family I've had three uh, family members die of heart attacks so how happy are you that this COVID thing is out and you're seventy pounds less and right. it's just I mean I'm gonna Wait, just, it, it just say my family history. Yeah. This CrossFit for sure changed my life. And me and my brother have had that conversation several times. I'm like, hey, look, some of this disease that's ran in our family ends with us. It really does. And so that's another, you know, knowing that will make me come to the gym on days I don't want to come to the gym too. Yeah, eventually maybe your daughter's kids will, won't know that heart disease runs in the family. They won't yep. have that as part of their narrative like you have. That's the dream. That's the hope for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, she, it, it's not super, it's, it, it wasn't it's not superficial. And, yeah. and sorry, so this is where I was going. No one wants to marry someone and, and spend the rest of the life with them, knowing at sixty-five they're going to get they're going to um, be in a wheelchair or in a walker. Or you right. owe it to your mate to live as a role model, to be strong, to be healthy. You need to make it so the competition is not only to get along and love each other, but you want to wipe your mate's ass. You yeah. don't want your mate wiping your ass, and that's the CrossFit competition. Yeah. Right? No, that's it. Like I want to have to stay as healthy as you can. Yeah, I want to spend as many ma- years as possible with my wife. For yeah. sure. She doesn't yeah. want to look at you and be like, "Oh God, in forty years, I'm going to be hosing him down in a chair because he's going to be so." I mean, oh jeez, you know, I love man. That's what I love about listening to you talk. You say whatever. <laughs> I mean, but that is what happens, right? And I've heard, and I'm stealing this stuff from Greg. He say people don't know this, but the cornerstone of CrossFit is to stay out of the nursing home. There's a few. There's the nutritional component, but the functional fitness component, um, people misunderstand it. It's really to stay out of the nursing home. And the second you can't wipe yourself, yep, 
Bye-bye. We have a member at our gym who's 73 years old. Mm-hmm. And her goal is just if she falls to have the strength to get up and also to be able to sit on the toilet. Those are the two things. And she's developing the strength to do those things. She's awesome. a 73-year-old. Awesome goals. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Because you got friends who can't do that stuff right now. Right. And so, right. yeah, she's not trying to do like she'll never snatch 60 pounds. Probably, probably not. But if she happens to fall at her house, she'll be able to stand up or she'll be able to sit on the toilet and not have somebody else come pick her up and wipe her butt, you know? So, and does she, if she has grandkids, she'll be able to play with her grandkids. Oh, and she is. She's, uh, her grandkids are running in five K's and she's walking in five K's. Awesome. Yeah. So you're going to Gardenville CrossFit for six years how do you, what happens? Um, the Chad starts hitting on Aaron. So you're like, I'm out of here. I'm going to start my own gym. No, no, no. So my wife gets really good at CrossFit. They ask her if she wants to go get her L1 and start coaching. Oh, that's cool. And you're uh, like, that's bullshit. I've been here longer than you. <laughs> no, I was pumped. I, I didn't think, I didn't think that was something that I would ever do, you know? Um, and so she started doing it and she fell in love with teaching CrossFit. She did. She was a dental hygienist. She still is part, like part-time dental hygienist. And uh, it's so wild how all of it happened. So that was July of 2019. Um, yeah, yeah, July of 2019. Uh, we had a few conversations at the gym. At one point in time, uh, the owner of our gym was thinking about buying another gym and he had asked me, did I, would I be interested in managing that gym? And I was like, Oh wow, I've never thought about that before. So that's where the bug kind of started in that conversation, but he ended up not buying the gym. I was like, no, that's no big deal, but wow, that, that would be cool to do to like work at a, a CrossFit gym. That'd be awesome. Um, and then, so she was coaching, she started coaching more and I was, uh, doing social media for, uh, a CrossFit company who teaches skills and stuff like that. So I've, Ever since I've been in, so I worked for Killcliffe for a little bit. Then I started working with uh, a wad prep and doing stuff with them. And so they had approached Aaron about coaching with them online, teaching different stuff. And she ended up not doing that. But that's when we're like, okay, maybe what if we open the gym one day? And so I, you know, I talked to our owner and I was like, hey, you know, would, would you ever want to go north? So Warriors, like 15 minutes north, another city. Uh, north of Gardendale. I was like, would you ever want to do anything like that? He's like, no, that's just not for me. I, Gardendale is where I want to be at. Like, I don't, I don't think it would work up there. So that's kind of where that comment living up there at the time, 15 minutes North. I live in my whole, my, my hometown is 15 minutes North. I lived in Gardendale. I still live in Gardendale. <clears throat> okay. Um, but so we just had that conversation Like, no, that's not what I want to do. It's like, okay, cool. Um, and we were at the beach and, my wife is just talking about, I just don't know if I want to be a dental hygienist forever. It's like, well, what do you think about opening up a gym? Like, could you see yourself doing that? And she was like, yeah, I would love to do that. Let's make that a, like a five-year goal. I was like, okay. I was like, I think in five years we could absolutely do that. That'd be fun. Um, so we just, you know, start praying about that. Like, is this something we want to do? I talked to some mentors. Yeah, what does that mean? You start praying about that. I saw that on your website. You're like, dear right. God, like, like writing a letter to Santa. No, uh, sure. Uh, I really thought, like, I believe wholeheartedly that God kind of, uh, he directs our steps and he creates plans for our lives and has us in places where he wants us to be and gives us wisdom to make smart decisions on stuff. And 
and I do. I, I want to be a part of what God's a part of. I don't want. I've. I don't want to do things that you know that He doesn't want me to do with my life. And so that. And that's major for me and my wife. You know. I know that's not everybody, but it is for us. And that's just kind of part of our. That's our worldview. And so we we just, we just started praying to God, like, Hey, God, like, this is a cool idea, but if you don't want us to do this, and you want us to be a dental hygienist and maybe a part-time pastor and a substitute teacher forever, then I'll do that. That's fine. But so if you ask God, but you're not putting like tons of pressure on him. Right, yeah, like, like, yeah. Hey, look, it's you your call, buddy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's your call. Right. But if, if you sh- like it, just show us, you know, right. And that was how that, com- that has, how that prayer went. Um, and then from there, we you uh, have it regularly. You do that every night. I want to say every just night. once. It would be consistently. We would pray okay. consistently for sure. Uh, together. Together on our like own. Like you're in the same space. Okay. Yeah. It just, it would just in times, like we pray different times throughout the day. And sometimes I'll be driving in the car and like, you know, I want to talk to God for like a minute or two. Hey God, you know, what's going on? Like you would call your mom or whatever, just to chit chat. Like, so we'd just be talking. And, uh, and so from there, you know, we talked to some of our mentors, people that, you know, have some just like, value in our life and like hey look this is something we think we're thinking about you tell us like is this a good idea could you see us doing something like this you know and uh and they're like that makes perfect sense why would you not do something like that i was like okay like if if it's not just like bad pizza that i ate right so now people that i really look up to are saying those same things okay let's let's see where we even start five-year goal have a friend who owns a gym in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Oki CrossFit is the name of that gym. I just met this guy th- in in June. And yeah, in June, I met him at a church conference. And uh, so we became friends on Facebook. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, look, we're trying to figure out where, what even step one is. If we want to do this in five years, where do we even start? And uh, in that conversation, he starts like telling me all this stuff. Like, hey, this is what you need to focus on. This is the goals you need to set to see if you can, you know, financially do it. What you need to be looking for, building space wise, all this stuff. And at the end of the conversation, he said, "Hey, man, you know, we had three gyms. One of our gyms uh, got hit by a tornado, so we shut it down, and we just have the one." It's like, I've got all this equipment. I'll sell it to you for pennies on the dollar. I love these parts of the story that, like, I would like the name of the gym is Oki CrossFit. That's more just Southern. Just, I just love it. Just like stereotypes. And the gym was hit by a tornado. I mean, I feel like I'm watching, this is a story from Jed. Well, yeah. Well, he's in Oklahoma. That tornadoes are huge there. Right. Um, got hit by a tornado. And he said, I'll sell it to you. Uh, and we, he sold us everything we needed uh, equipment wise to open up our gym. Like, And you didn't even have a space. Is that why in your Instagram, I see a lot in the beginning, you guys are outside. Like no, a, that was just an idea that that Jake, the guy from uh, Oki CrossFit, said, hey, man, the month leading up to your gym opening, host community workouts in the park for free. And let yeah, people- great idea. Was that uh, a good yeah. idea? Sounds like oh, a great idea. Great idea. We, that wasn't even on our radar. And he told us that five weeks before the gym opened. So we're like, all right, let's promote it for a week and see what happens. And we had like 20 plus people every week come to uh, the different parks in our community and work out. But yeah, he, so at the end of that conversation, I would call this uh, like a God moment. Like I totally was, this is, we would be where my faith comes in and, and is like, okay, he's speaking in these moments. This is not coincidence. I met this dude in June. 
no intentions of ever opening up a CrossFit gym. July, we have a conversation with my wife or we, we, we talk together. We start praying. Um, the very first conversation we have, we have all the equipment to open up our gym and way less than any, but like a budget that we would even need to open up a gym. Um, second conversation, I called one friend in the area who was, who had some influential relatives that knew just where uh, property was. And at the end of that conversation, we had a space and with that costs less than what we were even looking for budget wise. Um, those were our first two conversations. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, this is not a five year dream. This is like a, I asked Jake, I was like, well, when do you think we can open? And he's like, I can see you open in October. I was like, October. Like, we were thinking years. He's like, no, you can do it now. And how and I long needed him to push me out, out, out of the nest and do it. How, how long was that? How long, how long was October from when you were talking to him? June, July. Okay. So just so, no, July. So July, end of July, August is when he's like, I can have, we can have you open by October. Is this space behind you? The gym? Yeah, this is part of it for sure. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Shit. And now you've been open eight months. Yes. I mean, I, you talking, you reminded me of, of, of a God moment I have. I'm going to share with you. Okay. So I was in New York City and I was making a documentary on arm wrestlers. And this one arm wrestler was going to um, this self-help lecture on how to like get rich, right? And so it was like a three-hour lecture from this guy. And then if you like his spiel, you can buy like the CDs for $12 million, right? Yeah. Or the DVDs. I think it was DVDs back then. Do you know what DVDs are? Yeah, I know what DVDs are. I all remember right. VHS tapes. Uh, all right, all right. So um, one, the guy said, hey – and, and I'm just, I'm just kind of sitting there while this guy takes the class and I'm not really interested in it. And I'm just taking some video and some pictures, but then the, something he says catches my ear. He said, if you, God will give you whatever you want. And so if you resent rich people, he will make sure that you're not rich. Huh. That's interesting. And I was like, wow. Cause he doesn't want you to become something that you resent. And I just remember thinking, okay, I'm going to make sure that any thoughts I, and I was a, I was a Berkeley liberal. I'd grown up in Berkeley, right? Hardcore liberal. And so there was all sorts of animosity towards the wealthy, even though Berkeley's rich as shit. And at that point, I, I, I said, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to, and I just came up with this on the fly. Anytime I see any money on the ground, a penny or anything, I'm going to bend over and I'm going to pick it up. And I'm going to say to myself, I am a money magnet. And the second thing is, is I'm not going to have any resentment towards rich people at all. If I see someone in a Ferrari, I'm not going to look at them and be like, they don't deserve that. I'll be like, good for that guy. I'm glad to see people having fun in the world, you know, and I was going to just flip the script, you know, and I wasn't really negative anyway. And I wasn't like a money hungry person, but I just thought it would be a cool experiment. And it worked. I'm doing good. <laughs> Seriously, it was like, it was like within months, I got this job that was paying me 3000 a month. And then I got to raise to 4000 a month. And then it's just been like, and this is, this is 20 years ago, but I just, um, so there you go. There's my funny that you said uh, that because I, we got a member at our gym who is like, there's my big, God story. he's a big fangirl of you. Okay. And right, like an hour before we, we did, we were doing this, he said, I'm pretty positive that he got his start doing arm wrestling documentaries. If you want a, uh, a tidbit on him, I'm like, no, thanks. But now I'm going to definitely tell him that I have a fangirl at our gym. <laughs> yeah. 
It's the name of the movie's Pooling John. Amazing movie. It's on Netflix. It's on iTunes. I recommend it. But yeah, that's my. Uh, does that sound like the same God that you know? Um, uh, I don't know. Your God I, hook, did your God hook me up? God gives good gifts for sure, but I don't think it's like based on what you think and what you want. Like I think that's just okay. his character. That's just his character, anyways. Maybe he was just rewarding me because I was just being. I was a kinder, gentler, humbler. You know, like literally I will get out of my car and like someone will have dumped 20 pennies on the ground and it's in a parking lot and like people, everyone's ignoring the pennies and I'll be like, just take a few deep breaths and pick every penny up and say you're a money magnet in your head. And like, this is your moment of humility, you know? Well, if that's the case though, man, then I wouldn't have had to go through all the issues I did trying to find a wife. (laughs) Oh, you did good though, buddy. Hey, so when you met, so, so going back, so. So you open the gym and, and, and to, to kind of close that story, and I want to go back to your wife for a second and having kids, personal passion of mine. It's really interesting that it's, it's, it's a huge compliment to CrossFit that a pastor would open a CrossFit gym because it just shows the – not the moral or the ethical, but the the – you're a do-gooder and you weren't, you weren't going to open a, um, uh, you weren't going to open a candy store and sell a cigarette and candy store. You weren't going to open a tobacco joint and I'm not, you know, whatever, if you smoke or chew no. tobacco, I'm not, no judgment, but, but you're that, that's not, you're not helping anyone. Right. It's no, it's, it's help. It's a helping thing. Uh, yeah. it's the same thing. You're serving people. That's, and that's why it was so easy because I've been serving people for 10 years. I've been giving my life to, help strengthen the faith of students who are walking through tough, like just trying to navigate being a teenager and make life decisions. So it's the same thing. Now it's like, I want to serve people who have dealt with eat like issues with addiction to eating for years or just having no self-confidence or just no drive to do anything or feeling like there's no way, there's no hope that they're just going to be, 400 pounds forever you know like it's easy like my that's my goal in life is to see people fit spiritually and physically those that's why i feel like i'm here right um and so you know it's yeah it, it was an easy jump because it's pretty much just if if you're serving people that's all that matters that's, that's really it and that's you coach a class do you have them pray before the workout no, I don't do that. Like I, alienate the non-believers. No, I, look, I'm a believer, um, but people can get to know me to to know that I'm a believer. A believer. I don't feel like you have to uh, like a, a Christian gym, right? Like we're not naming all of our workouts after Bible verses, and there's not all these scriptures on the on our uh, walls. Like that's fine if people do that, but no, I won't. Like that's not what defines me being a believer. How I live my life how I shape my worldview, how I serve people. I want people to see Jesus in those things and not just because I haven't branded in my CrossFit gym. So we got, we got non-believers who coach at our gym. Gotcha. So. You'll get them. Don't worry. You'll get them. Um, uh, when you hear someone, when I'm, when I'm looking at these articles every day that come out, I'm seeing stuff like in the UK, 95% comorbidity with deaths. States like Minnesota, 98.1. I'm seeing like a 90% of the people hospitalized in Illinois or something had diabetes, type 2 diabetes. It makes me – not angry is not the right word, but 
when people badmouth CrossFit in a time when I know it is the cure, not from getting the ailment, but just rolling with the ailment. Like I'm 48. I've never been worried in my entire life of getting sick. I don't avoid sickness. I don't care about sickness because I just take care of myself. Right. I just gonna really happen. minimize my sugar. Yeah. Who cares? So what? I just minimize my sugar. I don't have unprotected sex with strangers. I mean, it's like pretty simple formula. Right. And, um, when I hear people badmouth it, or have you ever had this thought that like, well, it's, it's worse than, it's worse than saying, um, the color red is ugly. Or, I mean, you're saying something negligent. You're, you're, you're spreading a misinformation about something that could save someone's life. It's like someone bashing, um, Christianity, let's say even from your perspective, like it's done so much for you. It's allowed you to contribute so much positive energy into this world. And then when someone badmouths CrossFit, you're just kind of like, wow, that's, do they even know what they're doing? Like, you're not just bad mouthing, like, Hey, I don't like Levi jeans. You could be closing the door for someone whose life could be saved. Yeah. I, we just, I just yesterday we did an outside, uh, in a park workout. And one of our members came to that and we we're just talking beforehand. And she said, Hey guys, uh, something big happened, uh, the other day in my life. I'm like, Oh, what, what's that? And she said, I came off my diabetes medicine. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you're like, holy crap. That is like huge. We're like, try, we're not high-fiving because, you know, social distancing and all that stuff. But like, we, I lose it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is what it's all about. And to know like all these stats that you're throwing out, like all these underlying, why would you not? Like, those are the stories. Everybody's got an aunt or uncle or cousin that hurt their shoulder doing CrossFit or busted a knee. Like, Whatever. I, I, you hear them all the time. They're a dime a dozen. But like, man, people are coming off of, like, at our gym, blood pressure medicine. Now, diabetes medicine, right? Like, those things are happening. We've seen over 800 pounds lost at our gym since October. Yeah, that's those incredible. People, How do you know that? You track that? Yeah, uh, we, we have check-ins with our members, like gold check-ins, and they just share what's going on in their life. And so we got doc, uh, Excel sheets for everybody. Awesome. I love but, it. Yeah. But we're not just measuring those things too. We're like, like we have a former military guy. He's like, Hey, look, I suffered with like panic attacks since I've joined this gym. I've had zero panic attacks and he credits it to, uh, to CrossFit. Now I don't know like doc, like, Hey, look, you said that. I didn't say that. You said it. I just interviewed Zach Lewis at Scott from Skyfall CrossFit. He's not the owner, but he, he trains there. Lost a hundred pounds his taking his anxiety medicine to almost nothing. Yeah. And that's why of would course. you know? you're off the sugar and you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Then that's what you can that's connect awesome. life to. Like, why would you not? And that's why we're, as long as we, we can be open, we're going to be open. And that's a shame, you know, congratulations. You saved your life by the way. Yeah. And that, and that's if, if we shut down tomorrow, it was worth it. Is there a chance of that from this, all these small businesses closing? Um, no, luckily we had some really good mentors that kind of just helped us prepare for uh, this. We were connected with some groups of gyms all over the world. So when this stuff was going on in China, they're like, hey, look, here's what's happening. So they're putting plans together and they're like, hey, maybe you want to try these things. And just the kind of way we live financially, we try to set things up so we, we could make it. Had we had an emergency fund? This What's is this group? What's this group you're talking about? Is it Chris Cooper? Uh, yeah, Chris Cooper. Two brain. Two brain. Dude, we just and can't stop hearing good shit about this guy. 
we were just fans of Two Brain. Uh, I, I wanted to start Two Brain in October, and I was like, I can't spend that kind of money. Like, I don't even know. We got like 20 members. There's no way I can spend that kind of money. But man, they gave so much stuff away for free when COVID started. And I was like, no, it's worth it. Like, we're joining now. And so we Have just met him yet? I haven't met him. I've talked to him. He, we're friends on Facebook now, but awesome. I've never met him. He's cool. Yeah. I'm I, a huge fan. Yeah. I, him, uh, th- him and Pat Barber are like two of the biggest stories for us. Like I tell people all the time, two brain helped us get our business where we need to do programming. Pat Barber has taken care of us for another great dude lives down the street from me actually. Oh, well I, I got to do a zoom, uh, for our gym with him two weeks ago. And man, everybody loved it. Like, Hey, that's the guy that does all of our workout videos. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. The final thing. So it goes back to Aaron. Okay. So you, you, went, so, oh yeah, yeah. The kids, that's where I was going. The kids. I knew there was one left thing. So you, so you're basically tell her, um, going back, you basically tell her, Hey, look at, I'm interested in getting married and moving on with my life. And you're this, I just keep looking at you as that person. And if you're not going to be that person, I'm gonna have to like take some space from you because I can't, cause that just won't work. I won't be able to find a mate with you in my life. Yep. Well, that's some, like, I want to say that's some slimy ultimatum shit, but it's also just the harsh reality of love. I was like, I gotta be honest. And she, and she says, do you, in that moment, or she yeah. takes the few, in that moment, she says, she let's do it. it. Let's, let's see. Let, okay. I'm willing to, I'm willing to take a, a step in that direction. Yep. <clears throat> and then nine months later, you're married. The question is this, when do you know that you're aligned with her on having kids and a family and all that stuff? Uh, those are things. So when we started dating, uh, like we just, talked about those things like hey like what are your values what are your non-negotiables what could you negotiate you know as far as just things you believe right so like hey i'm a pastor so i love the lord i really would love you know for my wife like that that's one of the that's an not ultimatum but it's like a hey i want to find someone that loves god too that we're on that same path and then uh the other one was really like I, i love my family and i really do desire to have a family one day and do you see yourself wanting those things? If not, awesome. That's her talking or you're talking or you talking? That was me. That was me talking to her. And she was like, oh my gosh, no guy has ever talked to me like this before. And I was just like, hey, look, before I get emotionally invested anymore, like, and because I would made so many mistakes, like getting emotionally invested before I really knew somebody. So that's where all the drama is in relationships. Yeah. I um, always do that. That I always do that. That's the best way. So I can detach super fast. If our, <laughs> if our values don't line up or if we're not like, if our non-negotiables and negotiables don't line up, then like I would have just detached and be like, okay, look, before we get, go any further emotionally, these are the things I'm looking for. Do they line up with what you're looking for? And they did. That was the cool thing they did. Like she didn't date anybody for four years uh, until she dated me. So she would, she had said no to a lot of people. So I wasn't the only one that got friend zoned. And so she was trying to figure out her stuff in life too. And so we got to that moment and that was kind of how the conversation went. Like when did, was that going to happen? We didn't know. Like we're like, I would like to enjoy being married to you and get to know you and love you. And then, you know, at some point we could bring a kid into that as well. Um, that's just kind of how that conversation went. And then, so you get married nine months after that kind of, so you knew her for years, more than 10 years. Then you get married 
and nine months or then, then you guys start dating nine months later you get married and then how much longer until you have kids uh two years two years and a planned kid oh uh, we, yeah we were gonna yeah we like really hey let's let's start trying to have a kid now and you end up with the with a two you have a two-year-old daughter yeah she's awesome she's incredible. and your wife's pregnant now <laughs> no no yeah. you don't want to announce that on the podcast no, 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 no. That's so funny. Like one of my friends just said that the other day, but she's not, she's not pregnant. We are just practicing a lot, but that's All right. it. <laughs> All right. Good. Um, are you going to have more kids then? We would like to, I'd like it. You know, if the Lord allows, we would, I'd like to have one more and then we would love to adopt at some point in time as well. Was it easy having that kid? Meaning like the pregnancy easy? Like- oh yeah, man. She was super easy for her other than like the very end of it. Like, and she was work. She worked out all the way up until like two days before, or the day of the day. Two days before, she was working out. She was doing like pull ups, butterfly pull ups, all that stuff. Crazy. All the way up until, and then as soon as she got cleared from the doctor, that was like one of the first questions she asked when she went for her thing. It was like, "Hey, when can I start uh, doing CrossFit again?" And as soon as she got cleared, she started back. And it's like all my daughter has known. Like, so our rhythms kind of changed. Like, we can't work out together as much anymore because one of us will have the the baby but the baby's up was up here as much as she can like she's got little weights at her house that she picks up we do this thing we break down at the end of our workouts with go whoa town on three family on six and we'll do the breakdown and she does that now she'll say it she knows what whoa town is it's like one of her one of her first 10 words was whoa town and it's it's cool i love hearing her say it will you homeschool her um no i'll probably we'll put her in public school for sure. I, you know, I think it's, I, I know plenty of people who are homeschooled um, and that's cool. People feel like that's what they want to do, but I want to do a good job on my end of raising my daughter, helping her walk through all of life situations. And I think some of those things you need to face, I don't want to just protect them from protect her from everything. So she needs to probably get picked on and me help encourage her that where her identity is truly found and, you know, and, experience some things and I want to be able to walk with her as a dad through all of that stuff. That's the promise. Like, Hey, look, you may be in this, like high school may suck. Middle school may suck, but guess what? You're going to have a mom and dad who are going to walk with you every step of the way. Through Do it. you know Russell Berger? I don't know him. I, I feel like I know his name. I think he's in Alabama. Huntsville is the lawyer guy. Uh, he's not a lawyer, but he's kind of like a lawyer. He was, I think he was, I want to say he was a green beret. Yeah. He used to work for HQ. I I know of him. Just anyway, he he gave a great talk one time about basically the more you protect your kid, the weaker your kid is. And I know that's a little oversimplification, but it was an amazing talk. It was like the parenting talk that so many parents need to like, basically we get stronger through hardship and we all know that through CrossFit, right? Right. You have to struggle in order to get adaptation. Yeah, and that's what I've been telling so many members too. Like, man, we've been preparing for COVID. Like, yes, our world has been thrown upside down, but every day in the gym, your world to a degree is thrown upside down. There's a moment that you want to quit or there's some unknown variable or, but you make it through it. You figure out a way and you do it. And if you can't connect those two things, I don't know what else to tell you, but you've been, so don't let all this stuff like make you go crazy. Like, Find out how even just exercise can really help you shape some of the experiences outside the gym that you're kind of going through. Greg Glassman has been saying for 20 years, we have a cure to the world's most vexing problem. And he has been saying for 20 years, don't eat sugar. 
And of those comorbidities, 99% of them, from what I can see just from reading the paper, are caused from, guess what? Eating sugar. Yeah. Heart disease, hypertension, diabetes. It's like, yeah, the whole entire CrossFit community has been preparing for this. And this COVID, I mean, thank God it's not killing kids. Yeah. Now, that's the great thing. Killing people with chronic disease. It's picking on people with chronic disease. I'm glad because if it was, then I would be in my house all the time. Yeah. And you can turn chronic disease around in 21 days, man. That easy. I'm no fucking doctor, but I know you can go to a CrossFit gym. I know someone can go to your gym. They get the double whammy at your gym. They can ask you to pray for them. And they can get off the sugar and start moving in 21 days. They'll be at the 95-yard line of protection from COVID. Now, don't anyone say anything stupid. Well, you CrossFitters can still get it. Yeah, we know everyone can get it. That's not what, that's not what I'm suggesting. Feeler, he got it. But we're going we're gonna to live. Hope, like, for the, all the stuff that I'm seeing, we're going to live. He got a dry cough. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Trace, thank you so much. Man, thank you. This is like a... It's weird. I, I, I can like, I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. Dude, man, I was, you're, uh, the behind the scenes stuff back in the day. Uh, that's the first time I'd ever like, who is this guy talking on the other side of this camera? But I was hooked from that point. When I heard, heard Josh Bridges say, I'm just here to lift rogue weights, drink motherfucking kill clip and uh, <laughs> wear Nike shoes, man. That is the line. I was like, this is okay. This- last question. Why is Josh Bridges so popular? He's not. He, he can't even win the. He can't even win the game. I he saw that clip on your Instagram. You're like, I don't know why, man. Like, you're gonna be 100 years old, and people are still gonna think you're gonna win the cross. Yeah, what is going on with this guy? Why? I don't know, man. I just like him. I really do. I'm a fan. Of him and Dan Bailey, both of those guys. So yeah, of course you do. <laughs> Dan scratches your Dan scratches like that Christian good guy. Like, okay, he could date my sister. And Josh is kind of like, oh, he's a bad dude. He's got that mustache, Navy SEAL shit going. Yeah, I just like he just defi- like he was anti, you know, a lot of the things. He wasn't your, your typical dude that you were filming at that time. Maybe that's why I like him so much. Yeah. All right, brother. Thank you so shake, much. Shake your hand. <laughs> You're doing that, but that's really good. Thank All you right. So much. I enjoyed it. All right, you got my digits. Text me anytime.